If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Timothy 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I had asked Donnie um, several weeks ago if they would sing um, a raise a hallelujah because I think we need to raise our hallelujahs a lot. You know, and I think we need to worship God a lot. And we need to, to just tell him, God, this is, God, we love you. Amen. And when we do that, then we're telling the world too. And so this morning, I, I got a hallelujah I want to tell you about. Wednesday evening, I was sitting in my office and, you know, last Sunday of you was here, I mentioned our footprint at Live Oaks getting bigger and bigger. And we don't quite don't understand how big it's getting with the areas that we're doing. And Wednesday evening, I was sitting in my office. It was about five o'clock and the phone rang. And so I answered and I said, Live Oak Baptist Church. And this lady said, I need to speak to one of the ministers. And I said, well, I'm the pastor. And she said, um, she said, well, I was listening to y'all's or watching your Facebook live feed and I'm from Hernando, Mississippi. Now, who knows where Hernando, Mississippi is? That's about as close to Memphis as you can get, can't it? So it's not, not across the Amit River. And this lady says, I was stumbled across y'all's Facebook live feed and started watching it. And she said, something just captured me. And she said, as I watched and it finished, then I went back and I watched you a few weeks before on Facebook and she said, then I couldn't stop there. I started digging. I went on y'all's website and I started listening to some of your sermons. And she said, I need to know about this Jesus that you're talking about. And she said, I, I need you to explain this to me. And so I started talking to her. And, I, and, and then all at once, it, I realized, I said, she's looking for salvation. And so I asked her that. And she said, that, that's what I want. And so I walked her through the Roman road on the telephone and she prayed and accepted Christ on the phone. I said, well, hold on. Let me Google something for you. And I Googled churches up in that area. And I said, you need to find a church this week and you need to plug into a church and you need to tell that pastor that you need to be discipled and you need to grow. And so um, and she said, well, I, I want your church. I said, well, I can't find my church unless I'm up there. But I said, just go to these churches and talk to them and find a church and plug in. And so, you know, that's a hallelujah to me because that's how big our God is. He don't need us, but he uses us. And just like how it was mentioned in the testimonies this morning, God's working all around us all the time. All the time. We just have to join in. And so, just like with this Facebook stuff. And I will tell anybody, I fought it in my mind. It was a mental battle for me for six or eight months to finally cave in and follow God and do this. Because to me, it's giving people an out. Well, I can sit at home and watch it rather than be in church because it's important for you to be in here. So hear that, you know, but you know what? It gives us a footprint and it gives us an avenue. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 4. Second Timothy. See, I got all excited. I can't even read my notes. I can go in Second Corinthians. I'm not scared, but we're going to go back to Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter four. So here's my question. Y'all aren't getting off the hook this morning. Have you been an opportunity maker, an opportunity taker, or an opportunity breaker? What was your week like this week? Did you take opportunities, make opportunities, or break opportunities for Christ? Remember in Luke 10, 27, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbors yourself. And then remember Matthew 28, 
Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and I'm surely I'm with you always to the very end of age. Did you take your opportunities this week? Did you make your opportunities this week? Or did you break your opportunities this week for the gospel? 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. It says, in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations and endure hardships to do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all duties of your ministry. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning, Father, just to say we love you. And Father, right now, Father, I ask that you open our hearts. Father, you open our minds and let us hear from you and you only. Father, not what our itching ears want to hear, but Father, hear what you want to tell us. Father, let it pierce us. Father, let it change us. Father, let it show us how we need to be ready in season and out of season. For you and you only. Father, we love you. In son's name I pray. Amen. You know, this morning as you read those words and as you looked at that, you know, and he makes it real crystal clear. He says, you're to be ready in season and out of season. And when Paul's talking to Timothy right there, he knows that Timothy is not a polished evangelist. He knows he's not a polished pastor. And he's telling him, look, keep your head. Just keep doing what you're doing. But always be ready. What does it go back to? Are we making opportunities? We breaking our opportunities or we taking our opportunities to share the gospel. We need to be ready in season and out of season. We always need to be ready with the word of God. And so whenever you start looking at that, you know, I run across an illustration and it was a, a five-year-old little girl and she was sitting on the steps and she was talking to a, her friend and she starts telling her friend about Jesus. And she said, do you want to accept Jesus? And the little girl said, yes. So she started in a five-year-old way telling her how to pray and accept Jesus. And the parents are watching through the window and listening. And they're excited about what's going on as their five-year-old daughter leads her five-year-old friend to Christ. And then at the end of that little prayer, the little girl that had just prayed and accepted Christ looks at her friend. And she says, well, what about my mommy? Will she be in heaven? And the little girl stops for a minute and she looks at her. And she says, well, if she loves Jesus... But if you don't want her there, don't tell her. <laughs> we laugh. How many times we walk show to show with people we don't tell them about Jesus? You know, I'm not going to tickle your ears this morning. I'm not going to make this fun for you. How many times do we walk through our community? How many times do we walk through our schools, through our jobs, through our family, through our dining room table, and we don't tell people about Jesus? Let me read these verses to you. Mark 16, 15, it says, and he says to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Tell everybody. He's telling us, tell everybody. 
tell everybody about the gospel. In Luke 24, 47, it says, And that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. We need to take what God's done for us, and we need to tell people right here in Watson about it. He's saying, start in your hometown before you go out there. Start here, tell them what I've done for you. Start telling them about me. In Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of God came to say, conceive the laws. Matthew 18.12-14, it says, What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them is going astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say, he rejoices over it more than the ninety-nine that never went astray. So, so is it not the will of my Father who is in heaven that none of these little ones should perish? He's, he's all of these verses, I'm backing up right here what he's telling us. And on verse 2 where it says, preach the word, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season to correct, rebuke, and encourage. But I like how it finishes and it says to do it with great patience and careful instruction. Don't get excited. You know, don't get ahead of yourself. Be patient. Know this. Sit down. Take a breath. And then start telling them. Be ready. Be ready in season and out of season. You know, whenever you start looking at that, and I was telling that story about that little girl, there's a lot of churches that take on that same mentality. There's a lot of churches that are dying today because they said, you know something? I'm not telling them. They're too messed up. We don't want their messy on our carpet. We don't want their messy in our chairs and on our pews. Well, let me tell you today, as the pastor of Live Oak Baptist Church, we'll rip the carpet up if it starts getting too messy where we can hose it out. Because that's what God calls us to do. We need to take it out. But a lot of churches don't. And they're dying today. There's a lot of churches that their only, their only communication of the gospel is their pastor. That's not right. I'm telling you today, I'm giving you the charge. It's your job. It's your job. It's your job to tell the people about Jesus. It's your job to live it every day. It's not just my job. It's not just Brother Donnie's job or Brother Frank's job or Brother Mike's job. It's all of our job to take the gospel to the world. And he tells us that over and over and over. But we need to start right here. We need to start right here in Watson, Louisiana, telling people about Jesus. I do a, a, a study in... I'm doing one right now with the, the coaches at Live Oak High School and some of the administration, and it's called Grave Robber by Mark Batterson. And if you want something to really kick you in the throat, I dare you. I dare you. It's an incredible study. If you don't have access, just email me, and I'll give you access to Right Now Media, and you can watch it on there. But let me read something to you out of one of the, one of the weeks as we was doing this. It says, many people who think they're following Jesus have actually invited Jesus to follow them. They invert the gospel. They want God to serve their purposes, not the other way around. But the true spiritual adventure begins when you follow Jesus, wherever, whenever. Most of us follow Jesus to a point of inconvenience, but no further. We are more than willing to follow Jesus as long as it don't detour our plans. But it's the willingness to be inconvenienced that defined the Good Samaritan. And that's how, the, that's how, someone, that's how someone became someone else's miracle. Most miracles don't happen on Main Street. They happen off the beaten path, about 20 miles out of town. When was the last time you was inconvenienced yourself to help somebody? 
Where do you need to be inconvenienced in your relationship with God? You know, when you look at that, there's a lot of truth in that. There's a lot of us that we invite God. God, follow me. God, you just, I want you where I'm at. I don't want to do what you want me to do. I want to do it at my convenience. And that's not what God calls us to do. Because I can tell you in the life of Johnny Morgan, he has inconvenienced Johnny Morgan. He has changed my life radically. I am nowhere where I thought I would be today. If you'd asked me 30 years ago if I would have been a preacher today, I'd have laughed at you. I'd have said, no, I'm going to be a professional rabbit hunter that just works to support my habit. That would have been my answer. I would have never thought I'd have been standing here today. If you'd asked me 30 years ago if I'd have been at Live at Baptist Church, I would have laughed at you. I'd have said I'd have been at Amit Baptist Church where I grew up. But my God inconvenienced me. My God changed my plans because he had something bigger for me. And so today, where are we at when we start looking at this? And so whenever I'm talking to you this morning and I'm telling you to preach the word, this is what I want you to do. What have we been talking about for the last several weeks? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you be my neighbor? This is where I want you to take this. I want you to be a good neighbor. Are we telling our neighbors about Jesus? And I'm not asking you, hear my heart, I'm not asking you to cross that Amen River and go into Baton Rouge in areas that you don't know. I'm not asking you to go into Livingston Parish in areas that you don't know to start. I'm asking you to start right here, right here in your neighborhood with the people you know. Lucas, what school you go to? Live Oak Junior. Live Oak Junior. That's where I want you to start. Caden, where you go to school? Denham High School, that's where I want you to start. Mark Roberts, where do you work? Whew, they need Jesus. I work there. That's where I want you to start. I'm starting in my office. I work on Brother Mike every day to get him to know Jesus. Y'all need to pray for me in my office. But you know, I want you to start. Right there. I want you to start where you're at. I'm not asking you to go to Honduras. I'm not asking you to go to Africa today. It's coming. But right now, I want you to start where you're at. What is, what's your neighbors? Who's your neighbors? That's who I want you to start with. That's who I want you to talk with. And it's easy. I'm telling you, some of you are freaking out in your heart right now, thinking, why did I come to church today? But it's easy. Just conversations. It's literally conversations. Sit down with them by the coffee pot. Sit down with them in your classroom. Sit down with them, you know, at Johnny's over here. They got tables that need to be wore out a little bit more. And just talk to them. Buy them a cup of coffee. Buy them a Diet Coke. Buy them a biscuit. And just start talking life. And then just weave the gospel in. There's times that I'll be talking to somebody and I'll be halfway through my testimony before I realize what I'm doing. Because the more natural, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. There's people that your lives are going to intersect that your pastor's life's never going to intersect. They need to hear about Jesus. That's why he tells us, be ready in season and out of season. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready to sit there and just talk to them. And if you want, on my phone, on my notes, I'll copy and paste it and I'll text you the Roman road with the prayer at the end of it. 
And as you're talking to them, you can say, here, read this. And just let them read it to themselves. We laugh at the little girl that told her that it was optional for her if she wanted her mom to be in heaven. But are we not laughing when we walk through our community because we're not telling people about Jesus? This week I was talking to somebody in in one of my grow groups and, you know, I I don't get enough Jesus. I have to be involved in several. And I was texting with one of them and we was just having a conversation and it was literally like I could see the light bulbs going off in that young lady's mind over the phone because she was grieving over the same things I was grieving. And it was breaking her heart over the same things that break my heart over what's going on out here. How do you know, I'm a what if person, how do you know that the person that you're next to, that it's not for you to tell them about Jesus, that will interrupt their lives and change it forever, that'll knock them off of a course and change them so that God becomes their God? We never know. We never know. It's not for me to know. It's just for me to do it. It's just for me to share. So this morning, whenever we look at this, you know, and and you hear those words, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Some of you say, well, I can't preach. I bet I got husbands in here to tell you that their wives preach at them all the time. Can I get Amen. Uh Their wives preach at them all the time. They can do it. It's what we want to do. It's what we want to do. Do we want God to follow us? Or do we want to follow God? We don't always leave this laying up here, so don't get excited. But I prayed about something this week, and I want to do something different. Here's a bunch of $5 bills. It's a bunch of $5 bills. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to lay them up here. I'm not going to make you sign them out. But this is the stipulation. You come get this $5 bill. I'm giving you the first $5 to start your conversation. You can sit down. Over here, I know you can buy a cup of coffee for less than $5. If you go to Starbucks, you're on your own. <laughs> but this is what I want, and I'm being serious. I want you to take a $5 bill, and I want you to use that to be a good neighbor. I want you to start the conversation with somebody about Jesus and what he's done in your life. But here's the stipulation. I want you to come back and tell me your story. I want you to come back and say, you know something, Brother Johnny? I was sitting at the coffee pot, and I bought them a cup of coffee. I bought them a Danish out of the machine. And let me tell you what my God done. Because my God's big, and he will use this $5 if you'll allow him to do it. So will you take the challenge? Will you take this $5, and will you start that conversation? Because there's lives that need to hear about Jesus. And there's some of us that need to be like Brother Wayne talked about a minute ago. We need to be obedient. 
This might be your step of obedience is to take this $5 bill and do something you've never done for God before. And there's some of us in here today that might need to start with God and say, I need him to become my savior. So I'll have a story to tell and I'll be able to sit at that coffee pot and tell somebody. Or that fountain machine with a Diet Coke because that's where Jesus really shows up. Let's pray.